Welcome to Decapod, where every week we are looking at pop culture across the decades and we are currently trailblazing throughout the 1990s. And today we've got another one of those wonderful shows for you where we're doing our top tens and we're looking at our top ten romantic comedies. And speaking of top tens, if you enjoy our top tens, then head over to our new Patreon channel where you can hear Emma's top ten meat market where she tells you all about her top 10 favourite trouser packages. Isn't that right, Emma Morgan? But it's not quite right. It's just 10 men I'd like to sleep with. It's not necessarily all about the penises. And a whole host of near misses. Yes. <laughs> There's not just 10 men mentioned. No. No, there is not. So I managed to squeeze about 25 into your top 10. <laughs> like As you any- published. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as any good um, slut bag would do. Wow. <laughs> That's how I'm introducing you next week. <laughs> I am, as always, a sidekick of the show and joined by the mighty host, the mighty slut bag, Emmy Morkham. <laughs> there we go. I'm, I'm good with it. I am a slut bag. It's fine. What, what amuses me about that, though, is if this was someone's first episode <laughs> and it's like they won't get the fact that I'm okay calling you a slut bag, that I call you Emmy and now call you Markham and that refers to myself as a sidekick. <laughs> if this is your first episode, <laughs> you know, go back and re-listen you'll find out the stuff behind that. Yeah, exactly. That's It's creating intrigue. It's good. I mean, it's um, unintentional. It's all, right. it's all it's all fine. It, it all counts. So on a scale of one to ten, how excited were you to do your research for top ten rom coms? Um I don't oh, I'm making them funny noises again. Um I don't know. Cause it, it I, I think it's I like a good rom com. So I think initially I was actually quite looking forward to it. And and rom-com isn't my favourite category. If you listen to the show, you know that. Uh, and I'm very sensitive about my comedy, as we've discussed. But I'm like, yeah, I can, I can cobble together 10 good romantic comedies here. And you'll notice I'm diverting from saying rom-coms because it kind of say, says, I say it weirdly, so I'll probably stick to romantic comedies. Um, but And then I started researching and suddenly realised that there weren't many good rom-coms in the 1990s and had to slightly broaden my search to maybe one or two that you wouldn't necessarily clash, clash, cast. What's the word I'm looking for? Cast. Class. Yeah, class. class. That's the word. Uh, class as uh, an instant rom-com classic. Maybe just broaden the scope a touch, but they are A, romantic, and B, comedic. If there are any horrors in, I'm going to be livid. There's only what? If there are any horrors in your list, I'm going to be livid. Define horror. <laughs> okay, we might. I did. I threatened this the other day, didn't I? I said this could. This will either be amazing as an episode, or it'll be my first ever walkout. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'll just continue if you want. Yeah, you would. <laughs> I can, I'm quite good at talking. Yeah. You know, I reckon I can fill an answers. hour. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. Well, that'll only happen if like, you've got a ridiculous one at number 10, then you've got to carry the, the whole show. Just um, give me a minute. 
Uh, no, I think you'll like my number 10. How did you okay. find, did you have a similar problem with, with the um, the romantic comedies? Or I, I did. And I am a massive, massive fan of the genre. I really like it. Sort of spoken before that I like it from the escapism sort of thing. And I like every now and then to just buy into the idea of that happy ending thing. But I thought most of the rom-coms, I thought the 90s was kind of known as the rom-com era where it almost peaked, but I I had a similar problem and I actually realised most of my favourites are probably from other decades, like the 60s, definitely the 80s, and then probably the early 2000s as well were where most of mine were actually hiding. So I did struggle to get 10 from the 90s, but I have got 10. And I'm really pleased with all of them. And I've got a really good reason for why all of them. I've done it properly. And I have got, like, my my um, 10 is in order. I'm, for the first time in the show, I'm speechless. I mean, like, it's all... My whole notes are contained on this little square of paper. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, it. Right, okay. So... <laughs> So you've got a reason for him, but you've done as much actual research as usual. Okay, awesome. Um, what I will say about my list, I, a lot of my the reason for mine, and this is being completely honest, is because I didn't have any others to put in. Right. So I don't dislike any of the ones on my list, but there's not many here that would get into like a top 10 of my favourite films of all time. That's but fine. I do think that's mainly because... I think that I tended to like the rom-coms from the sort of 2000s. You know, the, oh, I like this one, and then I went and looked. It's, oh, oh, yeah. But there's a couple on this list that I, I did really enjoy when I saw it at the time, and I'd completely forgotten about it until I was looking at it. I've not had time to go back and watch them again, which is a bit, shit, bit of a shame, and I will go back and watch them again because I got a bit excited when I saw them. But I think that the 90s was the, the era of... The erotic thriller. <laughs> oh, God. I think that's where you had Sliver and Basic Instinct. And because those sort of films came out and they were that popular with a certain audience, that there were a lot of the cheap copycats of it. And I think it was the era of the erotic thriller. So maybe next week we'll do a top 10 erotic thrillers of the 90s. Just erotic thrillers. Why can't we just do thrillers? Why can't we just do erotic? Mind you, if we do thrillers, you'll just do a list of horrors, won't you? So that won't work. I mean, I'm being pleasant here. No, um, sorry. Yeah, I don't know why I'm, I'm being snippy when I don't even need to be. I'm so sorry. I mean, seriously, save it for 10 minutes. You'll have reason to be bitchy in 10 minutes. It's fine. Um, but rom-coms, why? Because you've just said it's kind of one of your favourite genres. So so what is it about a romantic comedy? Is it the love story? Is it the, the idea of being swept off your feet? Yeah, I think as much as so it's quite strange actually because if you know me as a person I'm quite a I'm not a pessimist. I am quite an optimistic person, but I'm also quite a realist. And actually I change so most of my life watching rom-coms is because I believe in the happy ending and I always believe that everybody has got their person 
out there who's their soulmate who you find and then you live happily ever after and completely not believe that and that's basically what rom-coms are selling to us and i've got some some of mine are really good examples of that unfortunately i don't know if i've mentioned it before terry but i'm a separated lady and my marriage didn't work out i don't know if i mentioned it that much on here but um and what that has done to me has made me a sour old bat who actually, I am now the opposite. So um, I now actually spend time coaching people going through breakups to not believe in soulmates <laughs> only because it can be quite a toxic thing to get into. But yeah, I don't believe in soulmates. I don't believe there's somebody out there. Um, I just, I just don't believe in that anymore but I still like to watch rom-coms where there's a world in which it still works out for a bit. And what's also interesting, I can still watch rom-coms and not be bitter. So I don't like throw my popcorn at the TV and kind of go, oh, fuck off, that doesn't happen. I still like it. I still like that in that kind of film world. Um, in the same way, like if I watch a horror film, I like the horror films where they get away. I do not like the horror films where a door slams shut and you go, oh my God, what's happened? Like that. I, I need there to be a happy ending. So, oh, I love it when you ask me questions like this because I kind of go, I need to go back to therapy. It always reminds me, you need to go back there because there's still some, unre- this, I need a happy ending. That's um, That's just triggered me. Uh, I think I remember this right. So if I'm if I'm wrong, feel free to correct me. Mm-hmm. But uh, Emma is on the market. So if if you are in <laughs> if you're on the market for a slot bag sour old tart, then then Emma who doesn't believe in a happy ending, then Emma is the one for you. You can follow her on TikTok. <laughs> in fact, if you're dating a don't follow her on TikTok because you were talking about you on there. I've made a pact that I wouldn't do that. I just want one correction. I did not say sour old tart. What did you <laughs> I say? I said bat. Sour, sour old bat. Okay. Yeah. If you're in the market for a slot bag sour old bat, I mean, yes, that sounds a whole hell of a lot better. Um, <laughs> do you know what? I think this is where, where me and you are polar opposites uh, with the rom-com stuff and, and how we look at films because the... I love a good love story. I, I really, really do. A proper romance, I genuinely, I, I'm enthralled in it. Same with a comedy. Now, you know, I'm, I'm very picky with my comedies, but when I find a comedy I love, I love it. But I think for, for a romantic comedy, the balance needs to be right. And I think that's where I struggle because there's there's some romantic comedies that are specifically categorised of, of rom-coms, but I don't find them funny. I just find them romantic. And then there's others that I'll find funny, but not romantic. So I think that's where my problem is. Although, again, where I'm the opposite to you is you say you need that that happy ending. With a horror film, you need to know what happens. I'm the opposite because, like with the horror films, I like the ones where you don't know what happens at the end or when the bad thing happens because that means that you never know what's going to happen at the end of the other films. Because I need to watch a film knowing or believing that they, they might not have the happy ending, to then enjoy the happy ending. And if every film had a happy ending, then then it, it wouldn't be as good when they do. And I think that's it with the rom-coms. You know, uh, we've spoke previously about, I don't know if it's your favourite film, but sort of our films they have up there being Moulin Rouge. And, 
you know, spoilers, as that's that's not got a happy ending at all. But it's one of my favourite films of all time. Mm. And and yes, I'll often stop it before the end of the film, but I, I, I kind of I like it because of that, that it doesn't just go down this route of, oh, yes, and everyone lived happily ever after. You've actually got kind of a real-life ending. Uh, and even though the, the, the person may find their soulmate, that doesn't mean they're going to be together forever. And I, so I think that I think that's it for me. I think it's all just a, a big balance. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, yeah, so that's my take on rom-coms. I, I think that... In fact, you know what it is? It is the thing. I think there's a lot of films when they're done badly you can still enjoy. So I think this is the thing with horror films for me. When a horror film is done badly, you can still kind of, if you're this way inclined, get a kick out of the gore or get a kick out of the the the, the different way the teenagers are killed in the Friday the 13th franchises. They're not necessarily great films, but they're fun to watch if you had a couple of beers. Um, when a rom-com is done badly, it's just really bad. I don't think there's any recovery from that. Yeah, I do. And I would, and this is where I was a little bit gutted that most of Jennifer Aniston's films were all in the early 2000s because I was really hoping to borrow on her quite a lot for evidence of bad rom coms actually being good. But I can't because it's early 2000s. I've got, I have managed to get one of her films into my list. Oh, great. I'm going to mention one film now before we start. If it's on your list, I apologize in advance and don't, don't tell me yet, obviously. But there was a Jennifer Aniston film that I watched and it was called Picture Perfect and I watched that back in the 90s and I really enjoyed it but I cannot remember a single thing about it. I cannot and it's not in my list for that reason. I know I enjoyed it but I cannot remember a single thing about it. Um, and I haven't had time to go back and watch it so it would probably have been in my list otherwise but it's not something I could have actually spoke about which probably would have defeated the object of having it in my list. Wow. See what happens. Yeah, it's great. Great minds potentially thinking. Uh-huh. I'm gonna say alike, but probably opposite in this case. Either way. Um, so, should we make a start on the top tens? We should just um, remind everybody we're doing commode slash decapod rules. Yep. So I'm gonna go first on this one. We've actually planned it before the show. We say planning. You know, I said it will go first, <laughs> and then we decided it was me. That's the extent of the planning. Um, but yeah, so I will recite my 10 to 6, and then Emma will do her 10 to 6, and I'll do 5 to 1, and so on and so forth. If I say a film that you already have, you will holler, because that's what the cool kids do, and then we will talk about that when we come to it on your list, or vice versa. Um, yeah, that's about it. So uh, let's let's make a start, shall we? So my number 10 is, and this is my genuine number 10, I haven't rearranged anything because of the humorous joke I did before, uh, is Sliding Doors. Is on my list. Oh, so we will talk about that further up then. Okay. Uh, my number nine, and this is one that I believe you recommended to me, that I, I watched, I'm like, oh, actually, this is pretty good. This would get on my list. Muriel's Wedding. Is also on my list. This could be an interesting. <laughs> I feel like I should mention at this point as well that this, this, these lists we sometimes do combative lists. You know, when we try to form an ultimate top ten, this isn't that. This is my list and your list, and obviously, I'm going to say mine would be better. Yours probably better on this case, but either way. Um, all right. So then, number eight on my list 
is you've got mail. No, that is not on my list. Ah. What? What is it not on your list because you dislike it, or just it didn't make your top ten? Or it is not on my list because I might have the earlier film of the pairing on my list. I. Uh, I have never seen the earlier film of the pairing ah. of that list, but I have seen You've Got Mail. A little bit like uh, the, the Jennifer Hannes film I mentioned, uh, Picture Perfect. I cannot remember a whole heap about it. I just seem to remember it was two sort of bookshop owners, uh, and one of them was quite sort of a big bookshop. There was a small one, and they just got together. And I just remember it being a really, really charming film. Well, it's a remake, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. But I really so, enjoyed this film. So it really is, really is a remake of yes. a, I think of a 1950s or a 1960s film. Well, I mean, I, I, I may have seen the film. Mail. I didn't know. I don't know that. I just really enjoyed it. It's <laughs> a charming film. It was harmless. And when I talk about sort of the rom coms that I like, I think this is one that strikes a balance for me of the, the romance and the comedy is that I don't think it goes overly deep in the romance yeah. and I don't think it goes overly heavily in the comedy. It's kind of like almost a, a just a little 50-50 balance, which yeah. I think is, I'm going to use the word again, just quite charming and pleasant. They're nice together on screen as well. It was nice, nice that they were back together again for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Tom Hanks. He... he, he being my sort of ultimate list of, of favorite actors, I think is mm-hmm. is phenomenal. I mean, I, this is definitely not like his best performance, but I just think that when he plays this sort of role, he's really charming. Is is it Meg Ryan? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember much else that Meg Ryan's been in. Uh, Top Gun. Oh yeah, and another film that's on my list. <laughs> and when Harry met Sally. Oh yeah. Oh, I like more Meg Ryan than I thought then. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Anyway, that's number eight, um, 10, 9, 8. So number seven, uh, I debated over this one um, because in the IDMB, it was classed as a romantic comedy. Right. I'm not 100% sure I would class it as a romantic comedy. It's one of those where I, you know, I said before. Oh, yeah, what, where you know better than IMDB? Well, we had this discussion about misery and stuff like that, didn't mm-hmm. we? But, you know, I bowed down to IMDb this time, uh, and I've gone with it, and I've gone for My Girl. Oh, that's a girl. Oh, that's cute. That also, but not much of a happy ending. <laughs> no. Um, it is. It's, a, it's like your first... Oh, it is a cute. I would, I would like say it is rom-com, but it's it, kind of dramedy, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's not... It's not something I would ever class as a comedy. And I can see why it's referred to as a comedy, because I suppose a bit like you've got mail, uh, and Muriel's Wedding and Sliding Doors, which I will speak to a little bit further up. Um, it's it's charming. I'm using that word again. It's, it's harmless. So I think, that, well, I'll say harmless. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's um, not completely harmless. But it's, it, you know, there's nothing sinister in there. But I think that oh, maybe there is. <laughs> no, I know it, what you mean. Though. Yeah, it's not horrific. I no. mean, maybe I could make a case for that, <laughs> but we won't. Um, but it's just not very funny, and I think that's why I wouldn't class it as a romantic comedy. It goes down the the route of 
I mentioned before, heavily down the, the sort of the romance side, if you like, and, and that side of it, but not much down the comedy. But, uh, you know, it's like when you get the, a drama that's got a few comedy moments in it, you don't call it a drama comedy, you call it a, a drama. Dramedy? Well, depends how much comedy's in there. Uh, Either way, it's I don't want to go down that because it is on my list, and I do really like my girl. It's just it's really nice. I'm gonna keep saying this word all the way through, yeah. and I might just call the show it charming. Charming. I've Don't never me. seen charmed. Mark go what's charmed. You ever I've seen charmed? Seen it? Okay. No. Okay. All right. Then we come to number six in my list. I didn't debate over this one. You will debate over this one. Uh, number six is Tammy and the T Rex. Oh, for fuck's sake! It's a romance and it's a comedy. <sighs> In the same way that my girl is a romance and a comedy. Right. It's just that Tammy and the T-Rex leans more towards the comedy than the romance. But it was also in your horror films. I don't think it was in my horror films. It It was in my top ten. It was in the top ten films of the 90s. Right. If as long as it wasn't in your horror films, I'm gonna stop being so snippy about it. I'm fairly confident it wasn't in my horror films. Right. I don't think I'd have put it in my horror films. Unless I was doing it intentionally to wind you up, which now makes me think maybe worked. I did. Yeah, um, but no, it's it, it's it's one of those films that's silly. It is a silly film, but it's a silly premise to the film. But it's genuinely when you break it down, it's a heartwarming tale of love that overcomes everything. What even even a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Looks like a big plastic dinosaur. I just remember when we did the horror episode, I think I said the words, I just didn't want to let you down, Terry. I haven't let you down. I've provided you with the, the top uh, tens of six of Sliding Doors, Muriel's Wedding, You've Got Mail, My Girl, and Tammy and the T-Rex. You, you can't say that I'm wrong about Tammy and the T-Rex because you haven't seen it. Fine. I feel <laughs> like this is just a ploy to get me to go and watch it. Just so I can say, you were wrong. And you go, ha but you watch the film. I think I'm at a point now where I don't want you to watch Chamming the T-Rex because you will be that vengeful towards it just to try and prove me wrong. Like, no, everything about this film is bad. Yeah. But okay. anyway, that's my... And I, I'm happy with that. You should be pleased with that. Sliding Doors, Muriel's Wedding, You've Got Mail, My Girl, and Tammy and the T-Rex. It's nowhere near as bad as I thought, but I I get the feeling five to one might... Um, might be a different story, so we'll see what happens. I think in my five to one, there will be one that you potentially disagree with and one that maybe you just didn't initially think of it and then go, oh, well, actually. Mm-hmm. So I think you'll be, I think that when this is finished, you'll be happy with at least seven of my choices. There is absolutely zero romance in Jurassic Park. So if that is on your list, between the numbers five to one, think of another film really quickly. I reckon that there'll be at least <laughs> six of my films that you'll be happy with. And to be fair, Jurassic Park, there is romance in it. There is not romance. There is because they get the dinosaur eggs and romance must have happened for the oh, eggs. No. No, right. Shall I, do, shall I start my 10 to six? Yeah, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Why are you doing Arnold Schwarzenegger? I'm not. I'm not. Starsky and Hutch. Do it. Do it. Do it. Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> has been in uh, some rom-coms, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Would you class twins as a rom-com? Yeah, probably. Or just a comedy? More of a, well, it's more down that comedy, but he does fall in love with um, whoever the woman is in it, doesn't he? There's, um, yeah, there's a brilliant Arnold Schwarzenegger film, except I've forgotten what it's called, um, where someone has an axe not on a plane and he goes and takes revenge, but not like in Arnie style. Uh, it's done when he was like in his 60s or something, and it's it's probably the best acting he's ever done in a film. Oh. Uh, it's really, I'll, I'll dig it out and I'll, uh, I'll, it's really, really good. And then there's another one that he did. Again, these are the sort of the B films, but it, it's not like a B film. It's a beautiful film. And then there's another one he did. That, <laughs> all right. I'm going to call this beautiful film. Film It is, but you won't get that from how I start saying this. It's basically set in the zombie apocalypse. Right. Um, but it's not about the zombies. It's about, it's like, I'm more like a disease than a zombie thing. And his daughter's got this disease. And he's just trying to save her. Not in the tip, the, the 80s Arnie action style, but in a sort of 60s uh, Arnie action style, if that makes sense. Yeah, kind of. So now get them to the chopper. Yeah, no, I didn't do that. that. No, no. But we're taking a slight detail there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, hit me with your 10 to 6. It feels really weird to say my... <laughs> so at number 10, I've got Picture Perfect. Uh, the um, Jennifer Aniston classic. Well, it, it's quite an interesting film and it was one when I kind of, I did kind of try and watch as many, I haven't seen all of Jenna Anderson's films, but I've seen a lot of them. Um, I love her. So I was always team Jen. Let's just get this out there right now. Always team Jen during their divorce. Always. Like, think she's lovely and yeah, genuinely really like her. So kind of show my support by watching as many of her films as possible i like to think she appreciates it but anyway picture perfect so the premise of picture perfect is she's like this really um, successful career woman and i think she like pays somebody to pretend to be a boyfriend and they they literally just take a load of pictures so she's kind of got them to hand to show people and i think the idea is actually she likes someone else at work or something like that and anyway, it's a rom-com. We know what's going to happen, don't we? Kind of falls in love with the picture guy or the guy in the picture falls in love with her, something like that. Um, and when I was reading back about it, because it is a long time since I've seen it, and when I was reading back on it, what really jumped out with me was that successful career woman but needs everybody to think she's in a relationship in order to be successful. I thought, how fucking 90s? Can't just be a successful career woman. And there is something that I've got some honourable mentions for later films, which I kind of think when you look at themes in some of these 90s films, sorry, the feminist in me is, is coming out this episode a little bit. There is this thing of to be successful for a woman, really, you need to be in a relationship. Well, well, I mean, you need to tread carefully because just remember, according to our government, us men need more male role models because otherwise we're going to turn to crime. We can't have yes. you women taking any kind of style roles. If there's a Jane Bond rather than a James Bond, I'm going to go on some kind of killing spree next year, apparently. Yeah, yeah. there we go, you see. So women, do your place. <laughs> why Why did you, Why was there have to be a team Jen? I'm presuming you mean team Jen or team Brad. Why did there have to be a, a team? Why couldn't you just be like, eh, whatever? Because he had a fucking affair. Did he? Yeah, with Angelina Jolie. It was very famous. Oh, well, I mean, to be fair, 
It's Angelina no. Jolie. I don't care. I don't care. Jennifer deserved better. Um, yeah, let's maybe not fall out over that out of anything. <laughs> like, no, I mean, I don't think I'd ever condone an affair, but it becomes more understandable when it's Angelina Jolie. Not when you're married to Jennifer Aniston. I've never particularly found Jennifer Aniston oh, appealing. Absolutely beautiful woman. Um, she would come behind in the Friends cast for me. She would come behind Phoebe. I've forgotten the names. Lisa Kudrow. What's what's Monica? Courtney called? Cox. Courtney Cox and probably Matthew Perry and then Jennifer Aniston. Not Matthew Perry. Um, Joey. Matt, Matt LeBlanc. Yes, Matt LeBlanc. So be them three and then Jennifer Aniston. Oh, that's absolutely. That's possibly the most ridiculous thing you've ever said. However, I, I mean, I'm happy Lisa Kudrow's at top. That's that's correct. But Jen, she should be second anyway. Who thought? Who thought this would bring controversy? Right. So that's that's number ten. Uh, number nine, the wedding singer, which has been on my list of one of the year episodes. Um. So this one, I bring it. This is if you think about romantic comedy this is probably what i would say is a very stereotypical almost follows a formula for rom-com boy meets girl but girl is marrying somebody else boy was supposed to be marrying somebody else boy is single but girl is getting married they become friends and they sort of build something up but everybody knows that the girls the the guy that the girl's supposed to marry is totally wrong for her but um Adam Sandler's absolutely perfect for her and there's laughs and laughs and laughs and laughs and laughs and then boom, get together at the end. And it doesn't do anything particularly clever, but I like it. That's one of the things that I really, and it's got a really good soundtrack. So it's 80s, it's set in the 80s as well. And I just think it's like what Adam Sandler does well. He does cheesy kind of cheesy rom-coms. He does really well. And he doesn't try and dress up and be a woman in this one. So, um, so yeah, Wedding Singer. I've never seen The Wedding Singer. We've discussed that before. Um, the the one that I thought I could get in my list of the 90s, which I was proved wrong, was 51st Dates. That's the Adam Sandler mm-hmm. one that I like. And I think that was like 2003 or something like that. Um, so, yeah, that... That I'm quite looking forward to in the 2000s list, yeah, because uh, there'd be a few Adam Sandler ones on there. But I am genuinely intrigued on your opinion on this, and this is going a bit more. So I'm intrigued on your feminist perspective because this is just, I think, culture in, in that scenario where the woman is is getting married and to realise that it should be the man that should be with this bloke. If those roles were reversed. I think the woman that would be taking up stealing would be classed as stealing the man. Whereas because it's it's the woman that's getting married, the man is almost seen as the the prince charming. Oh, no, not really. And because what happens in the film is he gets punched at one right. point um by the by the guy because the guy starts getting jealous that they're always doing stuff together. Uh, but the other thing is like the guy is um the guyism the guy is he is a douche he's like i don't want to do any of the um i don't want to organize any of the wedding i'm not interested in it so he doesn't want to go to any of this we don't want to go and choose the cake 
So Adam Sandler's character, he knows everybody because he's just planned a wedding and he gets stood up at his wedding. That's basically how the story starts. So he knows all the wedding suppliers. It makes sense that he goes and, yeah, they, they have a friendship. And I and that probably happens quite a lot where people are with somebody and they're with them for the sake of it. And then, yeah, they just can't see what's right in front of the nose, that kind of thing. So, but like Adam Sanders, the king of that, like if you look at most of his comedies, his character meets somebody, they're both in situations where they can't be together, then by the end of the film, they're together. And actually, I do love 50 First Dates, but there's something about it at the end that I think is a bit creepy. I think it's a tad creepy the way that ends. I, I would probably agree with that. Um, we, we won't go any further with that no. <laughs> but yes I think I know what you're referring to um, so yes yeah, so that's that. That's number 9 not much more to say about it um, right number 8 sliding doors so the floor's back to you I I think I like sliding doors because it was a little bit different um, still the same premise you know, you, you've almost got the, 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 the just the, the story of the affair and the story of the broken hearts, which is still the same premise, just done slightly differently. And I just, I thought it was, it, that's how I like a romantic comedy to be. Like I, I mentioned, um, uh, my goal was more romance than than comedy. I feel this is another one that gets that kind of split a bit equal. I don't think it's overly funny. I don't think I laugh out loud at the film, but. I can sit there and smile at it. You know, there's nothing overly sort of um, disruptive, destroying about the film. You know, you don't come away as a broken man once I've seen it. I mean, there's a, a bit towards the end that's quite traumatic, but then it it, it picks up again. Um, but, yeah, I think that I can watch it without getting teary and just watch it with a smile on my face. And I think because of that, it's another nice little charming film. Yeah, I put it down specifically for the premise. I really love the premise of the idea. And I think um, I've mentioned on the podcast, but I don't know, sometimes I lose what I talk to you about and what we actually record. But um, I've probably mentioned this before. One of my all time favorite books is The Midnight Library. And it's not the same premise in terms of like sliding doors the way she experiences it, but it is about what if my life had gone a different route? What if I'd gone and stayed with that person? And what if I'd split up with that person? How would my life have turned out if I'd made different decisions? So I love that as a premise. What I was gutted about was what I was hoping was the film Serendipity was in the 90s because Serendipity does this premise so much better. But alas, another one, I think it's about 2001, so it cannot be in this. But if anybody is a bit like, meh, for sliding doors, watch Serendipity instead. so much better. I think the only... I've not seen Serendipity, so I will watch that. But I think the only thing I don't like about sliding doors, and it, it does spoil it a little bit for me, is the ending. Because I have this problem with fear and, like, predetermined life events. Oh, yeah, I, I need to... Be, and this is a personal thing, it's not a film thing, I need to be able to believe that everything is free will and there is no predetermined way mm. of living. And and I've, because it has that at the end, it's like, oh, no. All right, right okay, this is going to be a bit horror for me now. It's a bit like watching the Truman Show. It's that kind of thing. It's like, oh, what if, what if? 
that whatever I decision make I make tonight is irrelevant because this is still going to happen in two years' time anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I, I don't know if you'd like the Midnight Library then. Hmm. Um, but just talking of the Truman Show, um, you think you have that paranoia, right? But get this right. So, you, you know, I went to a party last week and I had a liaison. And the guy I had a liaison with, I am not, I will send you a private picture to show you what he looked like, but he genuinely looked just like Jason Statham, like proper like lookalike and now on tiktok <laughs> i just keep getting ads the new jason stephen film <laughs> and it's, like, it's the new guy richie film and it's all like tiktok what you do tiktok wait, please tell me you weren't watching because that's just terrible but yeah i think it might be me that there's a truman show about you're not gonna send me a picture of like <laughs> during the latest one right it'll be like Pre or post is fine, not during. Um, but no. if you would like to see the picture of uh, Emma's liaison, then sign up for Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Decapod. You can hear all about it over there. It's a picture of him at the party. It's before he even met me. It's just evidence. It's like, like you round a corner, taking pictures of him. <laughs> It's not yeah. the person. It's not the person that you had the liaison with, is it? You just got and taken pictures. <laughs> I'll show Terry this one. He looks like Jason Statham. I can yeah. make claim that it was him. But because you've <laughs> now got a picture of someone that looks like Jason Statham in your phone, TikTok is now sending you Statham yeah. Statham stuff. Yeah. There we go. Right. Okay. So sliding doors. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the rabbit hole. Okay, let's let's move away from sliding doors and rabbit holes and liaisons and move on to number seven. Well, my number seven is Sleepless in Seattle. I've never seen this, so you will have to uh, divulge. So I've only seen it once, and I remember watching it. And I was when I was it was when it was first on, so it was having Sky, and Sky used to be exciting when you had it in the nineties because you used to get films before terrestrial TV, and you I think later you got films before they went to VHS and DVD as well. But so by having Sky, see, but and I remember it was in Seattle, probably one of the first films that I, I took advantage of that, and I remember it was something like a Wednesday evening or something, and. Um, my dad is not a rom-com person at all, begrudgingly let me have it on on the TV. And the premise of it is, it's I think it's like a a, a, a phone-in show on a radio or something like that. And I think the the, the phone-in thing gets sleepless in Seattle. It's the description of the caller and things like that. And it's the love story between him and Meg Ryan. And it's got a really love, a really lovely kind of ending. There's a little kid in it as well. And it's all like proper... It's just a it's just a really lovely feel-good film. If you want a feel-good film, then I'd say Sleepless in Seattle. No shockers, um, no bee stings or anything like that in Sleepless in Seattle. Um, you're pulling that face, but your first one of your first films was My Girl. I'm pulling the face because I don't understand what a bee sting is. A bee sting? A sting oh, from a bee. Right, okay. A bee <laughs> sting. I thought it said a bee sting. I'm like, there's no bee stings in it. I'm like, what's a bee sting? Is that, are you getting confused with what you were talking about before? That's it. Uh, 
I that's actually very blush. That was I, I didn't know what a beasting well, I could guess what a beasting was, but I didn't really think you'd come across it in sleep in, in Seattle or my girl. But clearly it was beasting. Right? I'd be really worried if it was in my girl. Oh dear, this is <laughs> I I can only advise. I feel like I I made it take the turn that it took. So sorry. It is just showing me a really nice film. But I remember my dad had his paper up towards the end because now like you know when you look back you go oh dad you know there's a pretty stupid film is it done yet <laughs> let's put the football there, there was there was a film called champ you ever seen the film called champ no right? it's uh, about a boxer uh, I think he goes into retirement and then comes out. It's not like Rocky. It's not that sort of film. It's it's the, about the relationship he has with his son. And he comes out of retirement for one last fight. Anyway, I'm not going to spoil it for you or anyone listening, even though it's from like the 70s or 80s or something. Um, you probably guess what happens when I say this. So, uh, But um, anyone that watched it cries at the end, you just do. And uh, my dad watched it, yeah, and he... Uh, like just got up and left the room. It's like Aww. no one's seen me cry. He just stood up yeah. and just like firmly marched out of the room as if we, you know, sitting to go make a sandwich or something. Oh, stoic, stoic people. Stoically, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, and I like it. I kind of not kind of without Sleepers in Seattle. You wouldn't have You've Got Mail, but I think the casting for You've Got Mail is very deliberate, building on the success um, of sleeps in seattle and i would think if most people thought of a rom-com that would probably be one a particularly 90s rom-com people would go to that right so my number six is another film that i've mentioned previously um on the podcast and that is benny and june so uh, i thought it was a tv show <laughs> that's terry and june all oh, right okay uh, Benny and June is the so Benny and June character names are brother and sister. Um, the sister um, has, I would say, is neurodiverse. So her brother is kind of a carer. She can sort of like look after herself and things like that, but sometimes she has like episodes where she requires his support. Enter young Jonathan Depp being all quirky and proper into sort of Charlie Chaplin and things like that and being a little bit weird and needing somewhere to stay. He comes in, they start to make cheese toasties using an iron and they kind of <laughs> find each other. And it, what I love about this film is it really sells the idea of, it does sell the idea of everybody's got their their weirdo out there. We're all weirdos and we've got our matching one that gets us and understands us and we can be happy with that person. And it's just adorable. It's it's such an innocent film, but it's also really good because I really I've I've spoken about this, I love Johnny Depp as an actor and I I like all his blockbuster stuff. But I like films like this because Johnny Depp is really doing stuff he likes. I reckon he was probably a massive Chaplin fan in real life. And I think he liked the fact he got this part that he got to reenact being a bit like Chaplin because the guy kind of dresses like Chaplin and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and it's just, it is charming. Um, so were you on Team Johnny or Team, was it Amber, Amber Heard? Um, I'm 
I stayed on the fence for a long time because of things like that make me really uncomfortable because it's two sides of a story and when it's accusations and things like that. However, the thing that I will observe is when I think about Harvey, whatever his name is. Weinstein. Yeah. And I think about just one person sort of coming forward, but then I think about the amount of women that stood up and went, no, he did it to me, he did it to me, he did it to me knowing how powerful he was and then this accusation happened and all of I think near enough all of Johnny's exes have gone no he's he's an he's an amazing human being he's never laid he never laid a finger on me when we were together he was nothing but sweet and and lovely to be with I find that very telling because they have no reason to step up and defend him so I find that very telling um so yeah, I am Team Johnny, and she, she's. I'm I'm not a fan of her. I don't think. Um. Okay. Cool. I, I haven't seen uh, Benny and June, so I can't really comment on that. But that that's our initial ten to sixes. How do you feel? Happy with us? Yeah, I am actually. I know I've been having a bit of a dig at you, but no, not really much to have a dig about. I'll admit. I think that Tammy and the T Rex is the equivalent comedy romance ratio that my girl is the other way around oh okay yeah all right i'll get yeah i can go for that um okay so just taking a slight pause in between six and fives to oh that's an interesting okay give me that don't ask me to do it don't ask you to do what don't ask me to promote the show (laughs) promote the show we're on Right. Just so good at it. So you end up doing it anyway, because I kind of go, well, I don't really know. There you go. Right. So what they can do. So you might as well just go straight to the what they can do and do your eloquent thing rather than that awkward exchange we have before. Which right. we've well, here's, we'll do it now. together. Right. Yeah. But all you need to do is say the word subscribe when I point. Are you ready? Oh, no. No. You don't just say the word subscribe. No, That's I all you've got to do. do. It. You no. can do it. I've got to have faith in you. And I'm not particularly good at it. I just waffle, so we're all good. Right, so if you are enjoying the show, the best way to keep enjoying the show is to click... Subscribe. <laughs> there you go, you see. And by clicking subscribe, it means any bonus shows, hint, hint, wink, wink, will drop straight into your feed every time because you have clicked... Subscribe. Yep. So by clicking... Subscribe. You will make sure that you will get these in your feed every time they go. So we do drop them every Tuesday, but there are the occasional bonus ones like we did back when we did the Halloween show. And you would have got that straight in your feed by clicking subscribe. Yeah, there you go. That was all right, wasn't it? It was. You said one subscriber. <laughs> I didn't say you'd only say it once. I said just say subscribe when I point. Uh. Right. And you did well. Well done. Um all right, so five to one, so this is me. So uh, my number five uh, is Pretty Woman. Yeah, not on my list. Part I really like wish. Pretty Woman. I think we spoke about this earlier on in, in 91 or whatever episode it was. And I think that I like it because I, I think it's probably the first sort of romantic comedy film that I can remember watching. Um, And I think it just stuck with me. And I think that... The acting in it is brilliant. I think Julie Roberts is brilliant. And I think that uh, Richard Gere in it, yeah, he's brilliant. And I think that they play it really well. I think there's some stupid bits in it. And, you know, if I were to watch it again now, I could probably rip it to shreds. But 
I just, I genuinely, for me, it's like you spoke before about that, that, um, that love story. Um, that that's what it is for me. It's nothing to do with the fact of how they come together. It's that it's person A and person B that aren't or shouldn't be compatible at all, but somehow are. And then because of an instant, they go off their separate ways, then eventually come back together. And I think we've mentioned this on the show before as well, from the the male perspective, for me, it's the male that then sweeps the woman off her feet at the end. And, uh, and yeah, that's quite, quite nice. And I think that's why I'm endeared by it. I fully understand why you're not. I fully understand why a lot of people aren't, but I think it's, it's just such a simple story with two brilliant actors um, and I think it's because it's one of the earlier ones that I watched as well. Um, like I said, I don't think I'll ever watch it again because I probably it probably would spoil it for me a little bit, and I don't want to tarnish that that memory I've got. Okay, I'm not going to comment on it. Oh, now I want you to comment <laughs> on it. Go on, spoil my memory, a pretty woman. No, no, don't. Because um, genuinely. Um... I just feel I think is the word ambivalent just mm. I've no I don't like Richard Gere that's my main problem I love Julia Roberts if there was a different leading man in it I think I'd like it I think Richard Gere Richard Gere is grotesque I just is that think- mice up his bottom <laughs> I, th- I don't know if I misheard you again or not I don't even want to ask. Right, next one. <laughs> or a hamster. I can't remember. He's had a rodent up his bottom. Google it afterwards. It's true. <laughs> well, that's from me. And you give me one of them images again, so that's nice of you. <laughs> anyway. Oh, well, that makes this the, the first word I'm about to say. <laughs> uh, number four, Groundhog Day. <laughs> It's amazingly not on my list, but it's an amazing film and it is a rom-com. It's probably a really perfect example of a romantic comedy because this really has got it 50-50, surely. And I am really pleased because when I was saying before about the film that you may not have thought of and then fits in, this was the one I was meaning because I wouldn't have thought of it as a romantic comedy. And then when I was sort of looking from like, it's class romantic comedy because it, is a romantic comedy, but you wouldn't ever think of it that way. Um, but it is. I mean, I think the reason why maybe it's not set that way, because he's solely focused around, I forget his name, but uh, Bill, the, Murray. Bill Murray, no, the, the character, but it's solely oh. focused around him, isn't it? Phil. I don't know. Well, now I'm thinking. No, it is. <laughs> when I say it, when I say it, I'm normally sure. It's, well, <laughs> it sounds like a question sometimes when you say something. Phil? Oh well, that's how one of the characters says it gets punched in the face by him afterwards. But but yeah, I think the film's centered around him. It's not centered around a couple. Uh, you know, I think it's centered around him, and and that's one of the side stories no, almost. I agree, but the whole the whole reason that he when he keeps going through this time loop is to get to know her better. So it becomes more about that pairing but yeah i'd agree it's a, it's a it's a bill murray vehicle comedy vehicle but no i would absolutely agree there is romance that drives him forwards um in his actions i found out about this film the other day that um there's about two hours or three hours of unused footage 
of just random stuff that he did when he realised oh. he was going to wake up the next day. Like he took a chainsaw to his room and gave himself Mohican and stuff like that. Oh God, how funny. If you realised that you were in that situation, what would you do? What stupid thing would you do, do you think? Um, I'd probably go and find some people on my list. I'd probably be extremely promiscuous. The meat market um, list. <laughs> This probably sums us up because I was thinking, I wonder who I'd kill. And you're thinking, I wonder who I'd, you know, bang, essentially. Um, I would love that. I'd love to be able to be promiscuous with no consequences. That would be awesome. I'd love to be able to kill with no consequences. (laughs) But who would would then host the show with you? I wouldn't kill you. I wouldn't kill you, don't worry. Well, there's times I would have done. You need me as an alibi. We were recording this the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you don't if you're on a time loop, but um, yeah. I don't know what I'd do. I'd probably get, I'd probably be able to read. But how many books could I read? <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway. All right. So that was my number, what was that? Number four. So come on to number three. Ten things I hate about you. Yeah. Not on my list. I. Oh, it's about 99, isn't it? It's right towards the end. But yeah. Shakespearean one. Yeah, uh, and that was Heath Ledger, wasn't it? It was. And he was the first man that ever made me consider my uh, my preferences, if you like. Um, and as much as I've joked about this from time to time, I still think that Heath Ledger would, not now, obviously, but at the time, um, is the only bloke I probably would ever ever succumb to would have been Heath oh, Ledger. Yeah. Um, and he's brilliant in that film, especially that bit where he sings that, uh, that song, um, I love you, baby. Where he's walking downstairs to us. Yeah, it's a cracking little film. Is that? It's a um, heartwarmer. Well, now we know your feelings on Heath Ledger. How do you feel about this little factoid I found out, which he wasn't the first choice for that role because I didn't think he was good looking enough. No, I think it's a stupid thing. It's absolutely say. very silly premise, isn't it? It's ridiculously imagine being, attractive. Imagine being Heath Ledger and someone thinking you're not quite good looking enough to be. <laughs> What? I mean, like, what do you want? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe I don't think he was. He reminds me a little bit of Chris Hemsworth. There's, I think, there's a slight comparison there. But like, Chris Hemsworth is ripped, and I don't think Keith Ledger was particularly ripped. I mean, he clearly wasn't like, you know, unfit. But I don't think he was ripped in the yeah. same way that Keith Hemsworth. I suppose that's the only thing they could say if they were looking for someone that was actual. You could take your top off and and sharpen your pencil on him or something, but. That's a nice image. Um, thank you. Sharpening your pencil. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth. Right, okay. Um, could sharpen so, his on mine. Sorry. This very <laughs> promiscuous episode. It's making me want to do that erotic filler. Top 10 now. Maybe we'll do that on Patreon. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's an over-18s only. If people want to get more Decapod goodness, Emma, where can they get it? One word. Just say one word. Say the word. Don't mime it. Say the word. <laughs> Patreon. Patreon, yes. Patreon.com forward slash Decapod. Uh, number two in my list of uh, 90s rom-coms is House Sitter. <gasps> should be on my list. Can't see it on my list, so you talk about it, but it should be on my list. I'd written it down, but it didn't. Uh, yeah, continue. I absolutely I, fucking love this film, though. 
I haven't wrote down the names of these people, so I'm going to, uh, you know I'm crap with names, so I'm going to take it. I, I believe it's Goldie Hawn and Steve uh-huh. Mine. Yeah. yeah. Two phenomenal actors. Yeah. I, I love them both. And they're f- I don't always like the films they're in, but the, their performances and whatever films they're in are always superb. And I take back what I said before, because I've just twigged Pretty Woman. Uh, I think I saw this before Pretty Woman, even though Pretty Woman came out earlier. No. I saw, do you not? No, I think House Sitter was 1990, well, Pretty Woman, well, either some year or one. I think when I'd have done my research for 1990, if I'd have seen House Sitter, that would have yeah. been on my list. We should go back and do 1990 again. But either way, um, it's an absolute stonking film. And essentially, if I remember correctly, Steve Martin uh, has got this house and she goes and moves into it without him being there. And then doesn't he then move in and they're together and she, I think they're pretending to be a couple and then they turn out to become a couple. Wow. Get, well, it's not too different from The Wedding Singer. So Steve Martin buys, I mean, romantic or what? Like in this film, he's an architect. So basically he proposes to his at the time girlfriend and he builds her a house and he puts a great big bow around the house and she goes, I don't think I really want to be with you like that. So he's bought his house and she doesn't want it. Now, he encounters Goldie Hawn. She's a barmaid, I think, or something like that. And he, he tells about this. this t- I think they sleep together or they spend the night together. I can't remember if they actually have sex or not. She knows the story. I think she then needs somewhere to live. And, yeah, she basically, she goes off. She knows he's not going to be there. She finds this house. And then she goes into the town as though they've just sort of met it's been completely been swept off her feet, that kind of thing. And uh, then he he basically comes back and finds it. And then they have to go through this pretense that they're together. And obviously they fall in love. Um, it's it's so good. But I love Gold. I love both of them, actually. But I particularly love Goldie Horn. She's the reason why there's a lot more comedic actresses. And she's like so pretty and attractive, but she's such a good comedy actress i mean wrong sorry is it the 90s private benjamin but private benjamin's one of my all-time favorite films and if i've missed that then i'm a bit gutted if that's the 90s as well i think the particularly goldie horn but i think steve martin as well are two of the most underrated actors of, of all time i think like you mentioned goldie horn is, is ridiculously attractive but she never plays on it yeah it's it's never it's like you think, especially in the 90s, but even now it's actors or female actors were, were told to act a certain way and dress a certain way. You know, you couldn't just, I mentioned my wife, you couldn't just wear the jumper and jeans. It's got to be a revealing jumper or whatever. But Goldie Hawn never seemed to do that. I mean, she could do, and there were times she did, but that was never how she got across. It was always just by being really, really good. And as we're talking about this, I'm kind of regretting not putting this as my number one because I think that this film is probably the perfect uh, rom-com. Yeah. I think it, it, is, it is genuinely funny, but not silly funny, even though the, the premise is quite silly. And I think she finds a house, having a flashback now, don't they draw it for on like a napkin? And then she yeah. goes and finds yeah, it Yeah, 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 that's it. She holds it up when she's looking for it. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. And I, I suppose the premise is silly, but it never feels silly. It, it, you buy into it, and the, the comedy moments are just 
what would happen in everyday life in that situation. You kind of accept that it's happening. You laugh at it. And then you see this, this romance just blossom. Um, I can't remember the, the characters' names between Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn. And I think it's beautiful. I really do. Because all that time, he's distracted by his ex and doesn't mm-hmm. realise he's falling in love with her. She's pretending not to fall in love with him and try to help him win back his ex. And it's just almost at the same time they both realise it's not one trying to win the other over. It's just they almost come to that realisation. And I think that's a bit of a refreshing change for it. And, of course, then the ex realises, oh, damn, my ball's up here. And I just think, I'm, I, you know, I'm going to have to go watch this film again because it's a beautiful film and I'm a bit disappointed it's not my number one. Um, but I'm really glad I put it on the list. Yeah, yeah, because it would have got missed otherwise and I'd have been gutted. Um, so what is your number one? This is the one that you're going to disagree with a little bit. Um, no, it's not. Well, I don't, maybe it is bad. I don't know. Uh, the greatest rom-com of all time was House Sitter, so, but it's not number one on my list because I don't think about it properly. Uh, American Pie. Oh, for f- no. Okay, go. You have all the comedy. You have all the silly comedy that's an American Pie. And you have the blossoming romance between Jim and Michelle. No. Of course you do. They're all just trying to have sex. Yes, but you look at... uh, Here's a parallel for you. You look at uh, Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn in uh, House, uh, and you look at their relationship, which was essentially Goldie Hawn was trying to help him get with another woman. You look at the relationship between Jim and Michelle, Michelle was trying to help Jim get with... Nadia, I think that was the name. Um, and then together, they've just come to realise that they're the couple that should be together. And then they obviously go on and get married and spawn loads of sequels that are irrelevant and stupid. Yeah, but it's all about having sex. It's not about falling in love. No, the falling in love is a byproduct of that. because no. It is because the, 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 the Jim and Michelle thing is them to fall in love. They don't fall in love. They do. They get married they and have kids. Yeah. As you say sequels after that that's where the the seed is planted no, and you no. can see that's where they're meant to be together no. and i stand by that because no. it's they are she's trying to get or he's trying to get with i'm pretty sure i'm right when i say nadia i might be getting these names wrong he's trying to get with her and then realizes that he shouldn't ever be with her he should be with michelle and then they go off and live happily ever after no it's no no, it's not. It's literally about people that want to lose their virginity. It's not driven by romance. It's driven by wanting to have sex. That's why it is not a romantic comedy. It's uh, To me, and I gave the example of Tammy and the T-Rex, there's more comedy than romance. And I think that there's that balance. So, you know, the, the horror thing, it can be a horror thriller. It could be a, a thriller drama. It could be whatever the mishmash you want to make. And like you say, with the, the genres, when you look at the genres, there's not many films that are just have that one genre. There's, there's sort of often two or three there. And that's because they overlap a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Okay. And again... I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying this, I genuinely think, I genuinely find romance in that film. And that was the same, obviously, again, I'm not professing American Pie, it's completely romantic comedy, that's what I'm saying. But the reason why it's number one is because of all those films, that's my favourite. That That's that's why it's so high on the list. Which is, again, 
which is again where we come at this from different things because I have rated mine in terms of how good a romantic comedy I think they are but that's not that's neither here nor there because you've got you can you can rate things however that you like and I feel like we might need to agree to disagree on this I think I kind of did rate them that way um but I think that there was a lot of overlap so like those first four Sliding doors, mirror as wedding, you've got male and my girl. I'd kind of put them all in one lump. Um, they're, they're very similar films in, in the premise. I know sliding doors is a bit different, but they're very similar films in the way the film is laid out. So they could have been interchangeable anyway. And then you go up to look at Pretty Woman, 10 Things I Hate About You, and even House Sitter, they're kind of, they could be interchangeable in any way. So they're kind of more blocks of films, and I wouldn't know really how to define them. I think. I could write this exact same list again tomorrow and they'd be in a different order. Mm-hmm. But again, that's how my brain works, but no, I moved them on. <laughs> cool. So we're not agreeing that American Pie is the greatest nope. uh, rom-com of all time. Well, not Abs- of all time, the 90s. They're absolutely not. I'm interested to, to, if we did like a greatest rom-coms of all time, how many of the my list would get on my all time? And I'm not sure. Again, looking at this now, how sitter I would put above American Pie. I'd kind of, I wrote it down, but it was only when we started talking about it, I remembered how good it was. That would be number one if I'd have given that a little bit more thought. So that would probably get onto the list, but I'm not sure any of us would. I don't think many would from mine either. There's so many that I love from the 80s and like my all-time favourite film um, is, I think, from the 60s. Um and that, that, and actually, that would be I would say is the all time best rom com, and probably one of the first. But can't tell you what that is until we do the all time episode. Well, now you've got me wondering. <laughs> well, actually, I mentioned it because there was somebody that's in that film is in one of the ones on my five to ones. When I get to that film. Because I'll mention his name, I'll mention what the other film is. By the time I get to ages, I've forgotten what, what that was anyway, so we don't need to worry. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's there. my top ten. So I'm going to re- re-jig them, them last two. So Sliding Doors, Muriel's Wedding, You've Got Mail, My Girl, Tammy the T-Rex, Groundhog Day, Pretty Woman, Ten Things I Hate About You, American Pie, and House Sir. Okay. So my number five. <laughs> And please tread carefully. <laughs> it's Notting Hill. Um, coming at this, so when I think about British rom-coms, love him or hate him, Richard Curtis is probably the best at writing rom-coms. Um, and I know, because I remember how painful the episode was when we talked about Notting Hill, I know that you claim there is no... No funny bits to Notting Kill. So I'm not going to really sort of air that. I'm coming at this one from, again, it's all about having a different premise. And actually, I think the premise of hooking up with and potentially dating an A-list Hollywood movie star is probably something we've all, it's it's past our minds at some point. Probably, probably passes my mind more than most people. But um and I, I really love the premise. I like um, do genuinely. I think Julia Roberts is possibly the most perfect casting ever um, as the A-list celebrity. And Hugh Grant not quite famous enough at that point. Like 
sort of still becoming more and more prominent. So he was quite nice. And yeah, cute couple. I like it. I genuinely, I think Risa Farns is the flatmate. I think he's really funny. I've said before, Emma Chambers is the sister. She's kind of one of my heroes. Um, so I love it. The only thing that when I look back on it now is, and, and I feel like he tried to address this a little bit when he did Love Actually. Look at the cast. Not a lot of diversity. <laughs> it's, um, it's a bit whitewashed um, from a casting point of view. And you think about it, it's set in London. And yeah, it's set in Notting Hill. But there's a bit more diversity in London than what's represented in that film. So that's my only thing that makes me feel a bit orcs when I look back at it now is, is that. I mean, I, you know, my thoughts, I genuinely dislike the film. Yeah. I think that... It is definitely a rom-com. <laughs> There's no dispute over that. I think the, the thing with Notting Hill is I don't find it funny. And that doesn't stop it being a rom-com. That's my taste and my preference. Um, but I just don't particularly like the film. I think it's, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. But it has got one of the greatest, most romantic lines of all time. I shared it on my TikTok the other day. And that's right at the end of the film. And I probably quoted it last time, but what the hell? Um, I'm just a girl stood in front of a boy asking him to love her. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And what I love about that is, um, again, advice to give people when they're thinking about going back to dating again is, do you feel vulnerable enough to be that or do you feel like you could be that vulnerable with somebody again because if you do you're probably ready if you don't you're probably not so that's my kind of go-to for sort of wanting to be with somebody again do I feel like I could be that vulnerable where I feel ready to ask somebody to love me again it's nice 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 I think the only problem I have with that line is that I don't know if I if you said this but it's towards the end of the film isn't it yeah yeah I think that because I haven't bought into the film, because I haven't bought into the characters, it, it doesn't it loses impact. I think that if you're watching that film and, and you're engrossing it and you're bought into the film from the start, that line means so much more than if you're watching it kind of nonchalantly not enjoying it. And I think that's where any film works, not just any film that evokes, because like I suppose like dramas and action films don't tend to evoke those emotions, but like r- romance and and horror uh, and comedy, those they, they really promote those emotions. So when you're engrossing it, and then that happens, that's that almost defining moment in the film. But if you haven't bought into it, it don't work. So while the line itself, I'm you know. You said it beautifully, Emma. Uh, well, the line <laughs> itself is awesome. It just it didn't work for me because I'm not bought into it. Yeah, whereas, yeah, so when it happened, I mean, sorry, spoiler alert. Um, so, and ridiculously turns her down. So she puts herself out there and he does the thing that's everybody's worst nightmare. He goes, I think he even says it like along the lines of that. Would you rather I didn't? I think he says something like, would you rather I didn't? And like, oh my God, you didn't just say that to anybody, let alone an A-lister like that. But then it has, but then it kind of does give you like this, this drama when he realizes he's been an absolute dickhead. And he's like, because she's bought him this amazing painting as well, like an original, just because he said he liked it once. And he's like, shit, she was the real deal. She meant she was actually like the real deal. She wasn't acting. 
it was all it was all real. And then you do have this car chase across London. It's yeah, I I like it. You don't like it, and I think people would probably more side with you on this one because I think I'm in minority of liking it. But it is a rom com. I would have said the other way around. I would have. I thought it was more popular than that. I've mentioned so obviously when we're sort of compiling listeners to find, you know, as I'm sure you did, chat to various people throughout the week. I've got a lot of eye rolls when I said Notting Hill. Do you mean no? Do you <laughs> not tell anybody? No, I just crack on. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple of people like like people at work and stuff. Go, oh, what are you doing for your podcast this week? I um. I mean, I suppose I mentioned it to the wife now and again, but she generally agrees with you, so I tend to avoid her. Good, good, good girl. The only thing she disagrees with you over is your taste in men. She's got a different different uh, list to you. does. Yeah. Nobody seems to like it. Um, never mind. But all the more for me. So it's all good, isn't it? No um, no competition. Right. Um, I'll go straight to number four, another film that I've mentioned before, but, uh, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Now, I picked this one. It is a rom-com. There is um, there is a romance element because it's all about them going to their high school reunion. Um, but they were like not very popular when they're at school. So they only ever had each other. Um, but one of them really wants to sort of rekindle a spark with one of the boys that was at high school or one of the guys that was at high school. And it's all about them prepping. I've said it before. It's got one of the best <laughs> lies that they try to come up with. like, I invented post-its as an impressive thing. That I, don't know. I just, I mean, I know that I've got like um, a relationship with post-its and it's not. <laughs> that's Surely not that would have worked for you, yeah. Oh my god! Did you? They've uh, they've absolutely changed my life. Um, but I, the other reason why I think it's a rom com, it's the romance with them as friends, and like how amazing a best friend relationship can be, and actually something else that's really important to sort of really give you strength is remembering like your friends probably do survive beyond relationships and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I've got it on there for that for that reason as well but it genuinely is a good film another one set in the 80s and another really good soundtrack another one i've not seen i can't comment on that uh yeah do recommend it a bit like benny and june it's just re- it, lisa kudrow um there's your in um Okay, so I'll go straight to number three. Um, this is Grumpy Old Men, another film that I have mentioned, um, and it's Walter Matthau um, and Jack Lemon. And this is where I can say what the, the greatest rom-com of all time is because Jack Lemon is also in it. It's a Marilyn Monroe film. It's um, Marilyn Monroe, Tony Curtis and Jack Lemon, and it's Some Like It Hot. And it's a fucking awesome film. And if you haven't seen it, definitely go watch it. It's got everything. It's got... Um, love it's got gangsters it's got songs and it's got men in drag it needs nothing else and i won't say what it is but it's got the best line to end a film i think this is often sort of cited as well its final line is often cited as one of the best final lines in a film ever that should be all you need to sort of drop off and go and watch it but um yeah exceptional film anyway Grumpy old men walter Matthau and jack lemon again i've spoken about them before if you like Grumpy Old Men, um, watch The Odd Couple that they made in this. So they made like loads and loads of films together. This is the other thing that like they, they've had this comedy partnership since the 60s and they are amazing. And Grumpy Old Men, two neighbours that have always lived next door and they hate each other. 
um, and then a, an attractive lady um, moves across the road and one of them sort of really wants to sort of romance her and sort of get with her and it kind of brings them together as friends um, when they've sort of hated each other it's driven driven by wanting to romance a lady across the road and it's got two of the greatest comedy actors of all time you need no more Another one I've not seen, but I did get confused over the films we're talking about. Which one had the greatest end to a film ever? Or the um, greatest? Some Like It Hot. Right, okay. Some oh. Like It Hot, um, Marilyn Monroe film. I think Phenomenal. I've seen Phenomenal. Long time ago. Um, watch it again. I watch it every year. Um, I love it. Not got time with the amount of films. <laughs> we watch yeah, it for shows a minute. Oh, save it for, I can never remember if it's 60s or 50s, Some Like It Hot. It's black and white. Um I think I've seen it. I just can't remember it. Okay. I have this problem a lot. Um, cool. Okay. So number two, Muriel's Wedding. So interested as you, this was one you went off to watch. And what are your thoughts? So it made, made, made it to the list. So can't think it was terrible. Well, I'm, I don't know what I would have added in my list if I didn't, if I hadn't have watched Muriel's Wedding. Because <laughs> I would have only had nine. So I'd have probably annoyed even more by finding another obscure film to put in. Um, it was good. I enjoyed it. It was another film I didn't find particularly funny. I found it more quirky than funny. I don't think I laughed out loud at it. Um, I liked the, I can't remember her name, the character that wound up in a wheelchair. Uh-huh, um, yeah, I suppose she made me chuckle a little bit. Um, I liked the premise of the film and it didn't go in the direction I thought it was going to go in, which was nice. Uh, it was it, it, well, it went in a completely different direction to what I thought it was going to go in, which uh, made me enjoy it more. Um, yeah, just a really good film. And I thought that that everyone played the part in it really well. Yeah, uh, I really take it on board. I, it's one of those films, and I think it might be Australian humour, because the more Australian comedy that I see, the more it is like it is a bit darker, it is a bit more the, the comedy in sort of serious moments and stuff like that. What I really loved about it, and I watched it. And I did have it when when it first came out. So I remember watching this as a teenager. And you do still have this like thing in the back of your head about my big day is going to be my wedding day. And so I kind of get that kind of thing that all she really wants to do is get married and have a wedding day. And she almost has this thing of careful what you wish for kind of thing and that kind of she just realizes she's bigger than that and she's better than that. And it's another one of really discovering her self-worth via people like becoming friends with Rhonda. Um, and after being told for so many years that she's like really unattractive, somebody finds her attractive. She goes out and she meets somebody and not going to give too much away about like how she actually ends up having it. Cause it's the front cover of the the DVD. She's she's in a wedding dress, so you know she has a wedding. It's just how she has a wedding might not be so obvious. Um, but um, yeah, I, I really I like the I like the family. So I like the sister that's always going, "You're terrible, Muriel," like that because she's always like coming back to like doing stuff. And um, but it does have bits that absolutely break my heart. The the bit there's a bit with the mum. I think I I mean that used to upset me when I was younger. But now I am a mum. I think there's moments in that film where I would really, really cry at the thought of if that happened to me as a mum. But yeah, it is. It's it's a really good film. Um, Yeah, sorry. I'm going to ask a question on this, and it's a genuine question. So, 
ignore, forget the whole American pie thing for a second because it'll sound like I'm related to it that and I'm really not. We're not doing the whole Terry's wrong American pie thing. It's genuine question around Muriel's wedding. Is there actually any romance in it? I think because- it's... I th- I think her intention, what's driving her forwards for the majority of the film is finding romance, which is why I would suggest it's romantic comedy because that's what's driving her forward. I mean, I... God, I don't mean to get into the genres again. I would always... I would class that as romantic comedy, even though I don't find it overly funny. And to be fair, overly romantic. I think that's what, I don't know whatever genre you'd put it in. So even if you said it wouldn't, I don't know where else it would fit anyway. But I think I read that slightly different to you. I read it not as a driven by romance, just by driven of this big wedding day, which I know, you know, has the whole romantic thing around it, but it just struck me more about, she just wanted to get married. And, and then she was almost, I don't know whether it was like because she was lonely or whether it was just because that's what you say, you know, you're supposed to do as a woman. You're just supposed to grow up and get married and be, you know, a loving, obedient wife or whatever. Um, and it struck me that that's what she was striving for. And then when she found her friend, it was like, oh, I don't have to do this. I can just be happy and have fun. And then that offer came up again. And I know all the stuff happened in between. And be careful, so don't spoil too much. So, and then that offer came up and she goes and takes the offer. And again, that's, to me, that's not a romance thing. That's a wedding thing. So I'm not trying to take that category. I just think, just what you were talking about then, I found that quite interesting that I wonder if it was. But... I, def- uh, I do. I think it's almost like that romance side of, and I think what it's really clever about is that whole thing of people sometimes, I don't think people do it so much anymore. I think sometimes people do just focus on, but I want to get married. So I might look the other way about who I'm getting married to. And I might ignore certain things because the main thing is, is I want to get married. Whereas I think where we're at now is we kind of go, we don't have to. It's yeah. only recently that we go, we don't have to get married to get happy, to be happy. You know that, don't you? And and was only and that's when I've got some honourable mentions for later films that really reflect where we are now. 90s was really different. And I thought it was quite clever the way it kind of captured that romance and getting married are not necessarily part of the same thing. Yeah. And I'm just sort of glousing over my list there. It's, I think that that's what I steered away from. I think that, you know, looking at my films now, it, it, there's not the films in here of the, maybe aside from Pretty Woman, of the the man coming to the woman's rescue. It's it's more the variety of films. So obviously you've got your sliding doors. I mean, there's an element of the man coming to the woman's rescue there. But even then if you told that story from a different perspective, she's coming to his rescue because he's just coming out of this marriage. You know, so there's no of that there. You look at Muriel's wedding, you know, there's no man, I suppose there's, no, there's no man coming to her rescue in that film. Uh, same when you've got male, that's very much a, a mutual thing. My girl, well, very different. <laughs> Again, Tammy and the T-Rex. Uh, what happens there is she comes to his rescue. Um, Groundhog Day, again, it's more centred around one character. Pretty Woman is the man coming to the woman's rescue as sort of the premise of the film. Again, 10 things I hate about you. I suppose you could almost say there's an element of that there. Um, how uh, No, I think, if anything, she is coming to his rescue again. And then American Pie, 
again, I will probably say she's coming to his rescue. He's going down a, this the lustful path and she pulls him back or whatever. But And I think that when you're saying that, that's interesting because I reckon that that probably, you probably just summed up why I don't like romantic comedies because it's all that, you know, that all women are there to, to be a property and to be married and, you know, they, they go and then go and cook for you. And that's never been a, a thing for me. So when I see that kind of that thing represented on on film, it's never been endearing to me, um, at least not regularly. I like to say Pretty Woman's in my list. So it's, we were saying that, and then looking over my list, and I think that's why I struggle so much with those sort of romantic romantic comedies. I almost prefer it when the the the, the woman is coming to the man's rescue. Yeah, much to ponder. Um... But um, yes, might be a might do a side episode on Patreon about it because my my um, choices they're not like that. So like Benny and June, no one's rescuing. They're just for me. It's about binding each other as opposed to rescuing. So it's interesting, right? Well, then do my number one. I remember I'm doing what I would say encapsulate the best nineties rom com film the best rom-com film of the 90s, which I shall introduce just by singing. I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. I know the song, but I've forgotten the film. Really? I genuinely have forgotten the film. And as soon as you say it, I'll know what, you, what, it, know what it is. Or Weddings and a Funeral. Of course it is, yeah. Um, there is, again... It's, I think it's where, you know, it's um, where I remember sort of, it didn't start Richard Curtis's career because he'd written stuff in the 80s um, as well. But I, I just think it's a it's a pure romantic comedy. It's all about romance. It's all about um, him finding, finding her in the end. And that's again got this premise of... Um, it's it's this lovely English thing, and it kind of sold as a bit of a dream, actually, for weddings and a funeral. The premise that you go to a wedding single, you meet somebody, you meet people at weddings, basically, and and that's what happens in this film: is people meet at weddings, and then they get together, and then other people get married, and things like that. And it's about being in that friendship group. It's about being of a certain age, and people start getting married. And obviously he has this encounter at the first wedding and he has to go through the whole thing of she goes off and marries somebody else and, and all that kind of thing. Um, I did rewatch it a couple of years ago. I, I still think it's, I still think the comedy elements of it are fine. I don't like their story anymore. Um, I think she's an absolute twat to him. Um, I really dislike her and I really, really hate the wooden line she delivers at the end about the rain. Is it raining? I hadn't noticed. I hate that line. It's one of the most hated films, uh, lines in all film history. But as a romantic comedy, it has got both elements. Um it's got Rowan Atkinson as a as a as a bumbly little vicar um halfway through. Yeah, it's and it's got love triangles, it's got unrequited love in it um as well. And then obviously um it has like this ultimate test of love, like it, it's got the death, you know, which splits one of the couples up. Um so yeah, for weddings and a funeral, the ultimate 90s rom com. 
I could completely understand why you've gone for that. I, I, the the film for me is like um, Notting Hill, and that it's pure preference. It just doesn't do it for me. Um, doesn't necessarily mean it's a, a bad film. It's a bad film for me. I, I don't enjoy it at all. Um, I can't really remember that much about it. I think I've eroded it from my brain. I just, I don't know. I think I, I find it, I found it dull. I didn't enjoy it. Um, the other thing, and, and this does genuinely play a part for me, and it, it's not a rule, a rule. I'll just pronounce rule, rule. Yes, we'll go to rule. It's not a rule, um, but I find it harder to connect with English films than foreign films because I tend to to find if it's set somewhere that I know, even if I don't know it well, if I know it's like an hour down the road, I struggle to accept it. Or if it's not, if it's set like present time in England, I have to buy into it more. Like if it's in America, well, of course I can believe that. You know, gold could be going over there. I don't know what's happening over there. It's like, well, I know what's happening down there. And it's, it's, it, it disconnects me a little bit more. So if a film like, say, Notting Hill or, or, or Four Weddings, which are both set in England, it automatically makes it harder for me to enjoy it. And I appreciate that's just how my brain works. Um, so, you know, that that would play a part for me as well. But no, it's just it's just not my, my film. I can understand completely why it's a lot of people's film. I can understand why completely it's regarded as one of, if not the greatest rom-com of the 90s, possibly of all time, who knows? Um, but, yeah, it's just not for me. Fair enough. And that that there endeth um, my top 10. Can I do my couple of honourable mentions for more modern films to just show where we've sort of... Because oh, it just... Today, to get me into the, like, the spirit of things, I put a rom-com on, but it wasn't... Um, it was from really recently and it made me go, oh, we've, the world's moved along from the days of Muriel's wedding. It's just like a couple that like sprung straight into my head. So the one that I watched today was How to Be Single. So this whole thing about embracing being single rather than it being some sort of curse. And then that made me think of Bridesmaids, which again has a similar thing. So Bridesmaids is all, you know, geared around weddings again and your friend getting married, but it's also about sort of different um, ways to be. And that also made me think about the film, he's just not that into you, which actually teaches you the faucets of like how men act and just basically the premise of if he wanted to, he would. And if he isn't, there's not some random reason why he isn't. Um, and I just thought that kind of getting a bit more savvy. And like you sort of said about men coming in to save you, we're starting to teach women you don't you don't need a man to save you and you shouldn't be sat there waiting for someone to come and save you um so i just thought it was worth showing how rom-coms have moved along a little bit a couple i will mention then as, as what i consider uh the worst probably the worst rom-com of all time and uh i oh. think i'll get this right it's called what women want with uh oh my god it's horrendous with mel gibson yeah i mean and helen hunt I can't remember what's in it. I know that the the the, the ever delightful Mel Gibson was in it, and um, yeah, I mean, even if you take away like the the sexism, the misogyny, the all that kind of stuff, it's just a crap film. It is absolutely terrible. Yeah, it's it's not romantic. It's 
to me, there's nothing romantic in that. It's got no redeeming qualities, and it's um, it's not funny either. Um, that to me, that's one of them films that when you talk about genres, that fits in the genre of shit. <laughs> um, I would say that. Uh, I mean, you. I don't know. Maybe you'd disagree with this one. Um, but again, it's my take on it and 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 whatnot. But I my I think my favorite, I don't know if it's my favorite rom-com of all time, but the one that sticks out and the one that I probably go back to the most would be the 40-year-old virgin. Um and you, you didn't even roll your eyes, you closed them at that one. <laughs> to me, that's um I don't know, I love that. I find that funny, I find it romantic and endearing. Um, so I like that one. And there was another one. My oh, mind's gone blank for the third one. That I saw a third one that was like, oh, that's just outside the the nineties. And I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. I'll interrupt when you do when you wrap up and shout and tell you what it is. <laughs> Should we do that now? Yeah. 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 Let's recap as top tens and then uh oh, fuck screw it, you can do it in the wrap up. Um just before we do the wrap up. Um quick reminder to everyone, if you are listening and enjoying these shows, make sure that you go and click subscribe so that you can get them into your feed every time if you like this content and want to get a bit more uh you can always go and sign up to our patreon where you can get extra content such as emma's meat market where she brought down her top 10 men that she would like to do inappropriate and sometimes appropriate things with uh as well as sign up type you'll also get your own show you get to come on and, and deliver your top 10 and have uh us pick it apart much like emma's uh dissected mine tonight um i'm sure she won't be as venomous towards you as she is towards me don't worry about that um but yeah click subscribe and if you want to get more on the socials the place we're most active is on facebook in particular facebook group so go and search for decapod and there'll be a link in the show notes as well uh, but you can find us everywhere which is not as active everywhere else and remember that if you do want a oh god am i gonna get this wrong a slot bag um, I forget the second bit. Uh, she is available. Um, you can go find her on TikTok. Uh, just be careful what, what you say in case it winds up on TikTok. <laughs> available on all good dating apps. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm like worried. Did <laughs> did the spiciness mid-episode do it? Will we have a chat after this? No, not particularly. <laughs> okay. I've... Uh, I don't know. I, don't, I think you've been. I think you've been snappier than that towards me before. No. Oh, that's cool. That's cool then. Okay. No, that's not cool. It's not like <laughs> yeah, I've been worse before. You so all right. That was only like a seven out of ten of abuse. Yeah. Well, no, you've never fallen out with me before now. So if I'm still coming below the line, then that's all good. I don't think there is a line. I think that I'm just. Oh, I, I, it slides over me. <laughs> Like sliding doors. <laughs> oh, do you know what, right? Sometimes I say things and I've got better at catching them before they come out. So <laughs> we're going to leave that there and you are going to wrap up the show. I don't, think, I don't know what you would say. Um, okay, so that was the, one of the spiciest episodes and it was about something that's normally quite beige and bland the romantic comedy and particularly 90s romantic comedies where they basically sold us the idea that we just needed to find love and probably if you were a lady get a white dress on and 
claim to be with somebody for the rest of your life. Uh, so what did we have in there, though? So uh, picture perfect. Uh, so we had to get Jennifer Aniston um, in there somehow. And we had How Sitter, the great Goldie Horn and Steve Martin romp. And we had Tammy and the T-Rex, more comedy than romance. But I'm sure that there is some in there, along with American Pie, which, again, interpretation of romance is divided the hosts on this occasion let us know what you think um, on on that one Um, and then we've also got things like sleepers in seattle you've got mail benny and june both agreeing that sliding doors deserved its place in there um, along with muriel's wedding be sure to check out some like it hot which i know isn't even from the 90s but i wanted to mention it again and then the couple of curtis classics of notting kill and four weddings and a funeral that was rom-com week so where would you put house sitter in your list if you were taking one film out what would you replace what film would you replace with house sitter um i would probably get rid of sleepers in seattle to be honest and um nudge every but house sitter would have to be around number three so everything would have to have a bit of a shuffle so take sleepers in seattle out nudge everything down and plonk house sitter in at number three potentially number two that's confusing because if you've done <laughs> if you've done them in order you said they'd done surely the one you'd remove would be the last one the number 10 oh yeah Picture perfect. I've Otherwise, got... Charlie Sleepless in Seattle would be number 10. <laughs> um, no, I stand by it. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> These are in, in top 10 order, but I prefer my number 10 to my number 7. It's, it's moments <laughs> like these that when you then argue with me about anything else, I struggle to, you know, take it quite as serious. And you're right to, you're right to. Everyone has AIDS, 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 AIDS.